to InsideTheHype.tv podcast, the show that takes you into the world of bees. I'm Dr. Umberto Bon Cristiani. In today's episode, I interviewed Mr. Cameron Reynolds, the founder of the North America Honeybee Expo, one of the biggest beekeeping events today. We discussed Cameron's journey to build such a successful event, the numbers related to the event, such as the vendors and sales, and also what's coming next for him and the expo next year. And I hope you enjoy it. Cayman, welcome to the show one more time. I, I want to start this conversation by saying that I am so happy for you, for the event you create, the success that just you accomplished just a couple of days ago. I was there at the North American Honeybee Expo. It was just brilliant. I have to say that right up front, I was very impressed by the event you put together. And I want to start this conversation by asking you a little bit of this history of that. How do you become from you know, a small beekeeper, backyard beekeeper in Tennessee, and now the, the founder of one of the biggest meeting, honeybee meetings, I would say, on the planet? Well, uh, I think the beginning actually is really what's impacted the end result because you said a small-scale backyard beekeeper, um, and that's what I, I think a lot of us start off that way. And for me, that was, I, th I think, one of the factors that gave us the image of what we wanted to create because when you're in your first couple of years of beekeeping, it's really confusing. There's a whole world of beekeeping out there. Do I go all mediums? Do I do all deeps? Do I do top bars? Do I do this? Do I do that? And do I focus on maybe some VSH traits or do I use synthetic miticides or do I, it's just, there's so much information. It's information overload and, and it's, and it's an exciting time, but it's also a, a difficult time to get your feet quickly underneath you so that we can take care of our bees properly and, and truly enjoy the, the wonderful thing that is uh, beekeeping. And so early on for myself and also for my wife, Laurel, who was keeping bees a couple of years before we got married, we really wanted to find a place where we could go and not just learn education on bees that would help us keep our bees alive, but also what could we learn about the industry itself? Who makes this style of extraction pump? Who makes this style of bottling tank? Who makes this type of woodenware? Whatever it is. Who are the players and who are the new people and who are the movers and shakers? And so that's what I wanted to create with this. And so early on as a teenager and a young adult, that's what we, Laurel and I would go to the events and we were like, man, where's the trade show at? You know, man, where's the exciting stuff? And why is this boring? We love beekeeping, but why are we going to these shows and we're bored and ready to leave halfway into the show? Something's wrong here. And so we we didn't know exactly how we were going to create that, but we knew what we wanted is we wanted something that people would want to come back to and would enjoy and be kind of like, wow, it's already over. Bummer. I can't wait till next year. And I think that we've been able to do that, but it, it takes a lot of work to do anything well. And I got to say a big thanks to my wife, Laurel, and to our team who have who did an awesome job. And thanks to you, Humberto, for being one of our VIPs this year. And, and helping us have the uh, social media presence. And we didn't ask you to speak this year because we already had a 
full, but you were able to do so much for us in regards to networking with people and videoing stuff about the expo. So that that really is awesome. Thank you. That was a pleasure. And I want to clarify things. I already have, I already got some comments from my audience on YouTube asking like, uh, why didn't camera didn't give you a booth? I saw a lot of people with the booth. I want to clarify. He gave me a booth. I just, I just couldn't. I didn't have enough time to prepare myself. So he wasn't mean to me. So don't. <laughs> so the people are thinking that you didn't give me the space uh, like other YouTubers, and that's that's not true. I want to be very clear here. <laughs> well, th thanks for saying that. We definitely think you're worthy of a booth. Um, it didn't work out this time, but you know what? Uh, that's the nice thing about uh, beekeeping or anything else. Well, maybe we didn't quite get it right the first time, but. We'll try again, and I'll, we're always going to come back. I think I know Humberto's this way as well, bigger and better. So, looking forward to that. If you give me the second chance next year, I promise you, you're not going to be you're going to be surprised. All right, I love it. <laughs> Number eight. Right. What makes the B Expo fun? Fun. That's pretty fun. But there is a lot of there is a big bridge, you know, as a small. Do you have any background in business, entrepreneurship, or what's your background, Cayman? What do you did before that? Because there is a big bridge, and a lot of people have problems in, in creating businesses and all these statistics out there. You know, it's not encouraging for people to create things from scratch. And from a small operation of beekeeping, that takes a lot of your time already, you know, to create something like that, the, the mindset. And the structure and the organization is something that might be natural from you. Or you, can you tell me, elaborate a little bit on that? Or, 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 or the secret weapon is Laurel. Yes, that is the secret weapon. You, you really just ruined my whole long talk right there. Well, it's the secret weapon. But no, um, Laurel is a huge part of this. And it's we're a team, so obviously having... Uh, two people go at it. It's a lot better. But Laurel and I both graduated high school. That's it. And which I say that's it. And today's standards, you know, that's just average or whatever. But, you know, education is your responsibility. That's the way I look at it, too. I mean, yes, there's general education that you get going to school and stuff. But at a certain point, it's your responsibility. And so it doesn't matter that I'm 35. I'm learning faster and more now than I ever did as a teenager. And it's it's not easy. I remember those feelings like when you're going through a test as in high school or whatever, and you got to cram and you got that stress. And of course, you think at 16 that that's just the biggest and worst thing ever. Why don't we just give anything Humberto to go back that level of stress again, boy, that would be nice. Yeah, no, um, I agree and, with that. And so, but it's it's going through those experiences as a, as a young person and that stress and overcoming that, that preps you for adulthood, in my opinion. You, you've got to have some of that. It's important. And the same way with growing plants, they have to have a little bit of stress to be strong plants. So that being said, um, we never stopped learning. And after I got into bees at 14, so I started early and this has been my entire adulthood. It's been a lot of my early, uh, you know, all my teen years almost. And so bees is just my thing and, and gardening. Whoops. And so we just never stopped. That's the only skill that we have. If there's a secret that we have is 
just we never stop learning. We never stop working. 40-hour work weeks, we don't we don't know what a 40-hour work week is. Um, I think we would like to try it for a week or so, but I think we would get bored at this point. And when you truly love what you're doing, you know, getting to work with people like you, I was on, I enjoy this. I enjoy seeing you at the expo. I saw you at the Honey Producers this year. You know, that is a lot of fun getting to talk and, and getting to be a part of the movers and shakers in the industry. There were several cool people there. Getting to talk today to Matthew with Premier. I talked to Anura with Pierce Manufacturing today about some uh, business logistics. I missed a couple phone calls from some companies today. I love it. I love my job. And so my dad and I had this conversation. My dad's he helped me at the expo, both him and my mom. They were just kicking rear end all the, the time. And, and thanks, mom and dad and my brother, Ethan. But my dad works a 40-hour work week job. And then he comes home, of course, manages the farm. And back in the day was getting all of us boys into the high gear and making sure we didn't turn into delinquents or anything like that. But he was talking about his job and stuff and about the hours that I was working. He's like, yeah, isn't that you know, kind of rough. I'm like, well, dad, think about this. Cause my dad loves deer hunting, right? If you could do your 40 hour computer programmer job a week and make the money that you're making or to make the same amount of money, you have to work in a 70 hour work week deer hunting, which would you pick? And he's like, oh yeah, deer hunting all the yeah, way. Did, really close. I'm like, that's what this is for me. I love it. Sure, we all have bad weeks, but um, so Laurel and I, we love beekeepers. We love bees. We just love the bee industry. So for us, it started off small, and we never, ever thought that we were going to be in this position running a, a big expo like this. And so we're we're more shocked than anybody else. It, it is great to see the work that was done. I was I was looking for something like that to happen for in the last 10 years that I'm in this industry, I saw that gap. I talked with the main uh, meetings, people out there. I, you know, I was trying to raise my voice a little bit. People was not, people couldn't see the change. You know, the, the world were cha was changing very fast. And I, I saw the gap there. And, and that's what I was working on, on on the video that I'm working right now, I'm going to publish about the event, I'm going to release soon, I'm going to release together with this podcast episode about what what I call the, the American way, you know. This is a market economy. And comparing with from my country of birth, you know, I could the, one of the main differences is the environment here allows that kind of magic to happen. And a guy like me that like to build things in a bad environment is it's almost impossible. But here I could build a lot of different things. You know, the environment wants you to succeed, and there is a lot of people that help you out. You know, and then and the system, it's a beautiful system. That's why I love America so much, and I become a, a citizen. It is because of this spirit, you know, with progress, and we want to make different things to happen. And that's the, the driving force of this country that I'm so proud of. And I'm happy to be part of it. And you just, 
you know, the system, there is the gap. You saw the gap, you have the skills, you fill up the gap, connect with the people, the people join you. It's just beautiful to see that magic happening. And I was so happy to see this happening in front of me and I just, wow. And I was, I was so happy with that. We, and all that I agree with, except you had the skills and I'm, I'm like, no, no you do. Uh, <laughs> we, we just kind of, it's one of those fake it till you make it type deals. And okay. so it, it, it worked out and, uh, we're, we are getting those skills as we go along, but, uh, yeah, that is what I love about the, the U S as well. And, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, Anura with Pierce and, uh, you know, he has innovated so many things, not just in beekeeping, but also in other industries in the U S and, you know, I think I could say this wrong, but I'm pretty sure Sri Lanka or Southern India, um, was where he was born, but he's, he's been in America, I don't know how many years, and he has just brought so much, uh, outside of the bee industry and so much into the bee industry. And that's, I love that, you know, some people get caught up in all this dumb race thing, but to me, it's mm -hmm. about this right here and this right here. And when you see someone that has that entrepreneurial spirit or just that creative spirit that I want to make something and, and build something better, that is what America, uh, what made America what it is yeah. is that all these people come from different places like, wow, opportunity. And, you know, I've got a dream to be a beekeeper or a welder or whatever. And then they go after it and they, you know, it's a little bit crazy. It's, it's really hard setting off into the unknown like that. But my favorite people and the ones I surround myself with are those type of people because my hope is that some of that smart I was fixing to say smartness, if that shows you anything. <laughs> so some of that brilliance from them will hopefully rub off on me a little bit, and I'll get a little bit smarter too along the way. Um, but uh, that's that's kind of where we are, and that's what really what makes the BX. But what it is is, it's an honor for us to be able to put on an event. You know, anybody can just you know, throw together something, but having so much creativity and so much the American spirit and that innovative creative spirit in one building and boy that's that was beautiful it's no, it's, was... it's what's that's the electricity that you feel in the air that's what that was great I could stop buying a lot of other entrepreneurs bringing new ideas to the market and uh, I, I I help many of those behind the scenes in my consultant business with Kara bringing the UBO assay, finally launching that. That took 13 years, man, 13 years. And it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of time. And finally to see that, you know, I saw Phoebe, she was there, the COO, she just started crying when I remembered the whole story. She started to cry. You know, it's, it's beautiful to see. And, and, and other should, people there. Yeah, it should be, you know, an emotional uh, thing um, for anybody because Anyone who's ever started a business or YouTube and gone the links that it takes to get to that point of success. I'm working there. I'm working on that. I'm not there yet. <laughs> you're, you're doing good. But when you've invested that much of yourself into something and then to see it, you know, finally bear fruit and mm -hmm. especially to see people enjoying that, what more could you ask for? I mean, money, you know, that can come and go. 
um, but to actually impact people and to impact something, that's a special gift. And that's what we get addicted on, um, to be honest, at least for a lot of the entrepreneurs. Um, you know, maybe some people it's money, but for a lot of us who are truly passionate about bees and beekeepers, what we get addicted on is getting to do more of beekeeping and hanging around beekeepers and then seeing how we're positively helping those people. And we want to do more and more of that. So the expos, I think, has a lot of people who are, hey, we've got an idea that I think might be able to help people and let's bring it in and let's see if people actually agree and say, wow, this is great. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm not really doing a plug here, but I just, I have a whole table full of stuff from the expo. And uh, one of the newer companies that we had was the Simple Comb. Yeah. And it's a USA company, USA plastic on all that. And you insert these into the frames and you get the bees to draw them out. And voila, you have uh, that right there. And I'm ready package. Ready to package and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, I never even thought that was a. Uh, uh, something that you could do. And I've talked to some guys who had a really good honey flow in the, the Dakotas this year and they bought a bunch of them. And now they're just able to easily ship these things or take them to the farmer's market or whatever. I never would have invented something like that, but it's really cool to see somebody else do it. Yep. And who knows what's coming next? You know, that's the excitement about this entrepreneurial thing. And, you know, on, I want to to move to an, an, another direction here because I am curious and not only myself, people from my academy too. I, I let my people from my academy to ask questions for me. So I bring the questions of them here in this podcast, in this interview. So I want to go over the, if you can share, of course, a, a little bit about a, a little bit of the numbers of the show. How many people were involved, uh, you know, uh, what the size of the event, the whole size of the whole event, how many people attended, and if you can share the overall sales of the whole event, it, you know, I'm super curious for that. So some of those numbers I have and some of them I don't have. One of the things that has shocked a few people is we don't really keep tabs on the sales of everybody. A lot of the companies do share those with me, but we try not to get into anyone's business on the vendor side of sure. things. and. And um, maybe we should. I, I'm kind of one of those guys. I don't like people getting into my business yeah, unless I know them and, and vice versa. So I'm talking about a, a rough idea. You, you know, as a, you might have a, a, a rough idea. I think I do. And so let's see. I've got it typed here where I just sent it off to be in the American Bee Journal. And so total people was 3,281. So that's, that's a pretty good crowd of folks. Now, that includes everybody. That's speakers, staff, everybody, okay. vendors. Now, as far as tickets go, it was like just shy of 2,800. I thought we hit it. We were just a little shy of 2,800 actual sales. And this is where, you know, we'll, I'll say something to someone at the B Expo or even on this, and they'll be like, next thing I know, someone's messaging on Facebook, came and sold. 3,281 tickets. And if you include vendors and everybody, he had 4,000 people. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it gets out of proportion really fast. That's going to be next year's. That, 
based off the feedback, you know, who knows? I honestly, I didn't think that we'd ever get to this big of a size. And, but I was listening to people who put us in a box and consequently I listened to them and put myself in a box. And they're like, oh, the industry can't support something, you know, really past much over a thousand. Well, we shot past that a little bit. So I would not be surprised. 23 countries. That's how many countries we had this year. I don't have the list of the countries in front of me, but we did have 23 countries represented. We had all 50 states represented, which I was really proud of. That's amazing. All the 50. Boom. Yeah, all, all the 50, even Rhode Island and uh, Alaska. And and we even included Florida as one of the, the states as well this year, which is great. Um, we, we A lot of times we tease the Florida people. Um, so... You got to put me in trouble here. I know. I know. That's why I said I'll put you in a little trouble. I can't be the only one in trouble yet. Okay. Here with me. We, we can share. And so we had just a little under 80 Canadians that we know of. Some people don't enter in where they're from. Um, they just don't want people to know, I suppose. But best we know, we're just like three people short of 80 Canadians there. So that was really nice to have a bunch of uh, the Canadians there. And we had a couple people from Mexico. So um, that was good. Um, we definitely, as the North America Howdy Bee Expo, would like to have as many Canadians and, and folks from Mexico as possible and from all around the world. So it was it was quite fun. We had 1,100 and I believe it was 78 entries into our honey show. And that was really good. And we'd like to continue to see that to grow when we're going to get creative and find different ways uh, working with the American Honey Show Training Council to have uh, a bigger and better show all the time. Um, we, we, we hit really good numbers this year, and the folks that brought stuff in was just amazing. And we had this one lady who made this gorgeous quilt that she hung up and got a blue ribbon on, and it didn't stop there. I mean, it was beautiful. But then it hit Facebook, she shared it in our group, and it's, it got shared more. It's had almost 500,000 views on that. Wow. Lead, and 31, 32,000 likes. Now, my group has 8,000 people. Yeah. So it got shared in, into some quilt groups and some other groups, and it just took off over there. And that's something that doesn't need to be overlooked in our industry is that is a really great way to bridge honey cells, lip balms, getting new people into beekeeping. And that's not even selling a jar of honey. That's just showing a gorgeous, well-made quilt. And yeah. that that was good marketing for the bee industry that she did, mm-hmm. that she meant to or not. So the honey show, I think, is important for just that reason. We've gotten a lot of people sharing the pictures of all the diverse colors and flavors of honey. And it's just, uh, we want to have a honey show one day that can compete with the national honey show the in the UK. In the UK. Um, yeah. we, we highly respect them, and they say imitation is the highest form of flattery, and so we would like to be able to imitate those high numbers that they have over there and and give them a run for their money, um, <laughs> you know, in a complimentary way. And so yeah. it's uh, a very uh, a tip of the cap from us to them that they're, they have an amazing honey show, and we would like to continue to grow and maybe be a little bit more like that. Um, 
As far as the trade show, which is where I feel like our expo flexes perhaps the most, we had a little under 30 semi-loads of product land on the floor. Now, how much money was sold, I, uh, product was sold, how much money was generated, I'm not certain. But I know that it was over $3 million. Over so, $3 million. Yes. Um, I know it was over $3 million. Now, it could be $5 million for all I know. It could be three point five. I don't know for certain. But um, there's a lot of... A lot of the big companies I have a good relationship with, and they they kind of tell me that as long as I kind of keep it to myself. But uh, as far as individual company numbers, but most of the smaller companies that are, you know, and they're still doing good numbers. There was a lot of little companies that were telling me they were doing $10,000, $20,000. You know, so yeah. We, yeah. There's a lot of product that moves there. And that's really important. The economy mm -hmm. is what makes this thing work. And it's a lot of fun to see all the product come in and then move out. It Honestly, it, it scared the fire out of me because I had 129,000 square feet of trade show. And I set aside 14,000 of it just for storage space. I'm like, we'll never fill that. About halfway into Thursday, it was full. I... Oh. I was sweating some bullets. Good problem to have, I guess. Good problem to have. So now we've got to figure out what to do for the future as companies come in. And, you know, there's just a lot of things that, you know, people ask. And there's a lot of behind the scenes moving parts, how we make the coffee work, how we get the vendors in. But the most important thing is that we present opportunity. Um, the companies need an opportunity to sell their products and show them off. They really want to be able to get it out there. And the attendees want to see cool stuff, and they would like to be able to save a little bit of money. Somehow we've been able to piece all of that together. And I think the answer to that is relationships. We, we focus, above all, a value on relationships. And so when you have good relationships, people are open to hearing your opinion, and also giving you a shot to try something different. And so we've had a lot of companies and a lot of individuals who've been willing to try something new in the industry based off of uh, a good working relationship with these people. And I think it's paid off for everybody, thankfully. But there's been some days I'm like, Do, is this going to work? And thankfully it has. That's the secret sauce that, you know, return of investment. I remember many companies complaining about what, what I'm doing this, why I'm going to these places. I'm not getting the return of investment. I, I think you are delivering something that makes people, okay, I can invest now. I think the chances is never a hundred percent chance, but you know, it increased the chances of success to get the return of investment and, and that motivates the industry. And that's what we need more to see more and more people creating more and more stuff more innovations, and we can keep this rolling. Well, well done. Kamon, um, there is one question from one Academy member that I want to ask you. Um, would it be possible next year for a fee to have online access to the conferences and to have someone create videos with the sellers, etc.? Well, I think that part, it's me and the other VIPs. They are 
creating videos with the sellers, with the vendors. So I think the question is more on, there is any way to have an online fee so they can see the talks or something like that, or have access somehow, or your business model is focusing more in, and try to push the people to attract the people to the event so we can have those relationships, you know, and the interactions. So what are your vision for the future? Well, it's a good question. And we get a lot of good questions like that. And the answers to those are usually difficult ones because every this is a privatized conference. It's a business. And I yeah. think that's one of its greatest strengths, but it's also different from what we typically see. Most of the organizations that are out there are not. And so they get grant dollars and they're not necessarily concerned, are we going to be able to keep the electricity on of our house and, you know, stuff like that. And am I going to yeah. feed my eight-year-old who's killing me on grocery bills? Exactly. And, and all jokes aside, we also, Laurel and I about killed ourselves putting that on this year. And so we need to hire somebody to be able to help us with that. And so those are, you know, priorities that are always at the baseline. And one of the hardest jobs that I have is when I'm talking to the team, and most of them are volunteers, um, no one's hired on payroll, but sometimes um, we have a little bit more of an incentive for some of the people that manage a few small things for us, is that um, we have to think about them. They have a lot of good ideas. Hey, Cayman, how about this? It's 5000 over here. Um, it's only 5000 bucks, man. Hey, this, it's over here. It's going to be about 8000 bucks, And Everyone has these ideas, and eventually all those together, and it's an $80,000 expense. And instead of hiring a new guy to take that burden off of us a little bit, we can't afford to anymore. So what I'm getting around to saying is since we currently don't receive grants or anything like that, it has to at least break even for us to consider it by and large. The only exception to that rule at this point is the... The honey show. The honey show is the only thing that we have that we actually take a a loss on or don't break even. Um, so uh, maybe I said that incorrectly. It is something that we take a loss on. Everything else we break even on, or we have to make a net profit, or we it's just not worth it. So if we can dip our toes into the waters of having a online presentation like that and we think that it's worth it, it doesn't have to make us killer amounts of money. If we can break even, um, we will definitely look into that hard. I think that number's probably somewhere around $30,000 to have something like that. Uh, whether five people watch it or 5,000, it uh, doesn't really matter. So we've got to kind of gauge the interest for that. And we do, wow. like Humberto says, to have... Uh, an in-person conference. I know that can be difficult for some people to make, especially for those overseas, but uh, we can only show so much online, the lectures we can, and we are going to have all the videos available for sale afterwards, and they're very well done, professionally recorded and edited by DP videos, and they do a fantastic job. So we will have that opportunity, but uh, that's not likely for next year. Um, we are starting to look into that, though, so we'll see. Well, I didn't know it was that amount of dollars to to put those capabilities in place. 
so far, yeah, you know, twenty-five to thirty thousand dollars easily. Wow, it's a lot of dollars for that. I feel like I feel that I can do it myself. <laughs> you want to make some money, Humberto? Well, yeah, well, I will start to I start to put some things together here. Well, we can talk later about that. <laughs> That's right. Um. Okay, so this is one. Anything you can share about the future, there's something that is already in your mind that you are, you know, romanticizing with the idea that just what's the novelty for the next year and anything shareable. So we have a lot of ideas and I mean a lot and some of them aren't our ideas. They're like ideas like what you just presented us with. So we're looking into those. We're looking into having maybe a extra day that is kind of an extra option to purchase into, and it's more of a close-knit meeting. You're not going to have 3,000 people. You're probably going to deal with a couple hundred. It'll be a limited placement, and it Interesting. This will be an opportunity for those folks to be able to have maybe a little bit more one-on-one time with some of the VIPs. Um, it'll probably be either Wednesday or Thursday, and during that time, um, we can possibly have something for everyone who doesn't want to buy into that, and maybe we have some different talks on those days that are in more into the, I'm a, excuse me, complete beginner. And that's something that we've never focused on before in the past, and it'll never be our main focus. There's a lot of bee clubs out there, other organizations that focus on beginner beekeeping. And we want to focus on nuts and bolts. Let's take you from where you're at and get you into a sustainable, successful situation. So that's always our main focus. What are the main topics in the industry? Yellow-legged hornets down in Georgia. Canadian border, various things like that that we're trying to see in the industry. So for us, I want to have a little bit every year for beginners. We want to have something for them, and we want to see them grow with us over a couple years into those roles of now we're sustainable and we're successful and becoming frequent uh, contributors now to the beekeeping community. And then obviously we want to continue to have more science and stuff like that as well on both aspects of it. But uh, so we want to have a little bit more in in that way, as far as like a big picture thing long-term, and maybe I shouldn't say this, but hey, I say a lot of stuff I shouldn't say. And I hear about it from my wife later. So I think we have a responsibility to the bee industry where there's a lot of things that need to be done. And there are other people working on that, but I think that we can help and maybe in some ways do it better. And it's going to take time, but there's a lot of things that we need and not five years from now, not 10 years from now, we need to be working on now. And whether that's uh, helping communicate to non-beekeepers about the yellow-legged hornet and getting more people involved to help monitor and track these nests down to hopefully prevent this from being a continental-wide problem, or a North American problem, whether that is Canadian border issues, whether that is educating the general public on the values of real honey, real beeswax, and any of these uh, important big issues that need to be addressed, legislative, 
we may move into that in the future. And some people probably won't like the sound of that, but we we think that we can add a lot of value to that. And it's not that necessarily I have all the answers, but I have the drive for it. And I have a lot of connections to people who are way smarter than I am and that will work with me and will provide help and insight to be able to help things in beekeeping get done fast. And that's, that's what I would like to use our conference for is, okay, we have all of these things put together in one place, and how do we use this now to promote ourselves on a North American level? Because that we are the North American Honey Bee Expo. How do we protect, you know, the U.S., Canada and Mexico from maybe invasives. How do we protect our pure honey from being adulterated and also our profit margins for the commercial beekeepers all the way down to small sideliners who are competing against Billy Bob over here who's buying barrels of honey for a dollar twenty five a pound that's really rice syrup from yeah. some country that doesn't care. So we we definitely long-term are serious about getting involved in these issues. And whether that's partnering up with other organizations or doing it on our own, we'll figure that out as we go. Um, I, I have said this before and have for a while. We will work with anybody. So any other bee organization out there, as long as they're trying to help the beekeeping industry out, we're totally willing to work with anybody to better beekeeping. That's our goal long-term. I think you have said it. I was waiting for the kind of approach for a long time in the industry, and I think it's paying off. Um, the American way needs to be treated in a different way to make it work. My view is that some people start to be focused only in the interests interest of the associations themselves and forgot about the industry and the people in the industry, which are the beekeepers. If you cannot provide value to them, you're, you're not succeeding. And I think you hit the nail on that, on that point. So just want to say one more time, thank you for the hard work. Thank you to push innovation, entrepreneurship to the industry. We need more of that. And I want to wish you all the luck in the world, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. All right. And you guys at home with you guys, Mr. Cameron Reynolds, and I'll see you guys in the next week. Inside the Hive TV, the show about beasts. Bye bye. <laughs>